Hey, girl. Hey. We have oh, a lot hey. to talk about. Oh, my God. So much. The, the TV landscape is absolutely bonkers right now. Yes. Um, let's jump off where we did um, last time, which is Netflix. Um, so first, thank you guys for joining us um, here at A Fresh Breath of TV. I'm joined with Tasha. And we're going to jump off with Netflix. Um, well, I can't really curse on here, but they messed around and found out. Let's just say that. But the problem is they're just not. Their model is going to lead to a spiral. And that's kind of the problem. Because yeah. it's not it's not just them making these absolutely insane calls other companies are doing it too yes and you know they're in a tough position i get it um we're gonna get jump we're gonna talk more about this later on as far as like the streaming market right now but what they did essentially was is that they tried to placate to the board and you know tried to give them a reason for why subscriptions are down which was, you know, in their mind, it's because people are sharing their password, which is not at all why subscriptions are down. It's because they can't renew a show past two seasons. Yeah. They, their, their choices with the content that they have and their inability to promote shows properly have left a situation where there are shows that people may like, but they aren't even aware that the shows are back. So then the numbers are low, the viewership is low, and they're wondering why it's low. And instead of giving shows a chance and promoting it properly so that they can get those watchers in that they need, they're just canceling it. And by doing that, you lose the faith of your audience. Nobody wants to continue to use your platform. So they're going to cancel their subscription, but they don't want to take ownership of that being the reason why their numbers are down. Exactly. Um, that's exactly it. And also, their whole idea about the like getting rid of password sharing was just bonkers. Because when you when something stops being convenient, they're gonna cancel, right? Like if I have to fight with you to log into my account that I'm paying money for, and, and and like the subscription just keeps going up in price, right? Like it's not mm-hmm. like it's cheap, and we can just fight with them about you know logging in. Like no, it's going up, and our shows are getting canceled. I'm only going to try and log in one or two times if you're going to like block me and be done. And I mean, they've already instituted what a, a version of Netflix with commercials. Yeah. That was yes. the whole point of this platform to avoid commercials. That mm-hmm. is what drew people by the millions to it in the first place. I'm so glad if- you brought that up because now uh, uh, it's the show you is back for season. Oh girl, what season are we on with you? Three, four, four. Um, Yeah, so the whole point of Netflix was, you know, to binge and also be commercial free. And you can't can't binge with commercials, which is not the same. Um, But you, they dropped a new season of you, season four, and they've split it in half. I don't like it. I don't like it either. And that's exactly what they did with Stranger Things. And for me, it's twofold. One, it's very frustrating to get halfway through the story it's just like when you're reading a book and it's a duology and you're like at the, but it's like somebody cut off the end of the ending. It, it's very mm-hmm. frustrating 
because then you have to like keep in mind like okay six weeks from now i need to dive back into this story and at that point watch and do all but also what does it say about their platform that it can't handle it also can't handle the amount of users because yeah. more than once it has crashed because people were watching Stranger Things. When Shadow and Bone aired la what, last year, the year before, the same thing happened. It crashed because of the amount of users that were in there watching certain content and it couldn't handle it. That's a you problem. We're yeah. paying all this money. Why should we be inconvenienced when we're paying for it? Yeah, and that's unacceptable for Netflix, especially with the amount of money that they have. Like, are you serious? Like, you can't, your server can't handle that? Like, be serious. Like, I think that's very unacceptable. Um, but yeah, back to the, the whole not being able to binge. It's just, I don't, I don't know what's going on in Netflix boardroom. It's just, they keep making one bad decision after another. Um, I don't know. It, I'm worried about Netflix. They were king, but not anymore. No, they're falling off big time. And the thing is, like, their model is also becoming a model for networks and other stations and other, and that is becoming incredibly frustrating mm -hmm. because other um, entities are now dropping part of their season. HBO is doing has done the same thing. They have a season of a show, they split it in half. They drop part, then they drop the other part later on in the year yeah, or two months later. Yeah, you were telling me about Gossip Girl. Yeah, like, Gossip Girl. I didn't even know they had done that. I thought it was a whole nother season. No, Gossip Girl, Titans, shows like that, they're being split in half too because they felt, and I'm like, why? Then you turned around and canceled these shows. So was it because you felt that well, they had the they're viewership? They're not marketing Exactly. Like, I had no idea it was even split in half. Or it was a new season, really. I had no idea. I didn't know it was back. In. I didn't know it was back for four weeks after, until, I think when I finally realized that show was back, a few, it had been maybe three weeks after it came back. Wow. And that's the same for Netflix. Like, the canceling shows they're not marketing it at all and it's like you have the marketing money you just they they're they're lazy i'm just gonna put it that way they're lazy they just want an instant hit without putting any work and that's that's for a lot of networks right now or streaming platforms same for peacock same for hbo hulu I don't know, they're pretty steady to be honest i don't know about Hulu. yeah but. i think hulu is great because i think a lot of it with hulu is that it's the next day airing for a lot of primetime shows yeah so because everybody already knows, like, once you miss it here, go catch it on Hulu, they don't necessarily have to do any additional marketing. But I mean, you have a lot of shows, like we see a lot of our regular shows, um, like, okay, easy one, like the, even the showrunner is like, hey, if you didn't, if you didn't catch it tonight, go watch it tomorrow on Hulu. Like, that is something mm -hmm. that's even in shows headers on Twitter, like you didn't catch it, go watch it on Hulu. So we know where you can find content for a lot of those things and that's easy. But when it comes to their original content, even they're falling off because there are a couple of shows that were Hulu originals that got canceled mm -hmm. and people just didn't know about them. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, girl. It's it's rough out here. And then also, let's just jump into 
this new trend of unrenewing shows. Oh my God. How are you going to keep? Here's the thing. I what for me, what's really frustrating about the landscape of TV right now is that we're used to, I don't know, like anybody who watch shows, NBC shows, CW shows, you're used to the show airs at the end of the episode, they give you a preview for next week. Maybe a couple of days later, they drop the first clip. Then maybe the day before or the morning of the next episode, they drop a second clip. So it reminds the audience, hey, that's your favorite show. Remember, it's coming on on this day at this time. The networks don't do that anymore. They don't drop clips. They don't. They very rarely um, promote their shows. It's either the cast does it, the showrunner does it, or 95% of the time, the audience does it. The diehard fans are the ones who promote their shows. And they're the ones that get other people to watch it. So if you get to the point where your audience is promoting this show, they're doing the work for you. You got this huge fan base. They're excited. You renew it. You have people watching it. And then you turn around and cancel it. Why do you think that your audience is going to have any faith in you anymore? Because they did the work for you and then you, you burned them. So I, I just don't get the decision-making here. Why are you giving people shows, making this promise, it's renewing it, and then canceling it? And it's all for a tax write-off. Yeah, I was, about to just, I was about to launch right into that. So what they're doing is they're unrenewing shows they've already um, put in an order for, right? So they, they produce, like, Minx is completed, right? Their second season. They canceled mm-hmm. it with, like, a week left in production. Um, shout out to Jake Johnson because my man was not having it. He's like, nah, this show will find another place. I'll be damned if my show gets canceled. And he he pulled he, he pulled it out. Like they're gonna be on stars for season two, which should be out soon. I would say maybe summertime. Um, but yeah, he did the damn thing. He found another home for his show, but that was just I'd never seen anything like that to have a whole show produced and you yeah, just pull the plug. And it's just like with the with the movie. What was it? The Batgirl oh, Bat, movie? Uh, Batgirl. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. finished. They're, like, doing the last bit of well, editing. I think they had, like, two weeks left of editing. And, and then they're yeah. like, oh, we realized that it wasn't going to be well-received. Well-received well, by who? My thing is that, like, that's hard to prove, though, if no one's seen it. <laughs> exactly. You can just How do say you that. know? You can How just you say know? that, and there's no way to back that up. Um my thing, though, if it's if it's no longer profitable because it's a tax write-off, make it available free. Because yes. people work their ass off on that show. Cast and crew, everybody. So to just pull someone's work from existence does not yeah. sit well. They're just... Movies is art. They're just... They're, they're like storing them in a vault, in a, in a cave, so no one can see it and no one can experience it after so much time and sweat and tears were put into it. And that just really is so incredibly messed up. I yeah. don't get the logic behind that. Because there, I mean, there are shows. I think The Nevers, which that was a show, mm-hmm. I, 
HBO. I liked that show. I love that and show. The last six episodes were pulled. It was yep. completely removed mm-hmm. from HBO. Fortunately, that was moved to Tubi. Mm-hmm. So Which people can watch it on Tubi. And, mm, yes, and the six episodes that were left to be aired can also be caught on that. But there's so many shows that it's happening. They're just vanishing. Cartoons, mm-hmm. um, anime, everything. It's just completely vanishing for a tax write-off. And it, that is insane to me. Also, a lot of this ties into the fact that platforms right now it's an oversaturated market unless you're the big five which is hulu netflix hbo max disney plus and amazon unless you're that five we no longer want you hang it up i know it's harsh but the the market's oversaturated everybody has their own streaming platform not everybody can survive it's just pulling too much attention from people it's we need five. We have five. They're the five big ones. Leave it at that. Um, and just to launch into this, Paramount Plus just merged with Stars because by themselves, they they can't survive, right? And but then, here's uh, the thing: they, Paramount Stars, Plus mm-hmm. also has there's Paramount Plus and then the Paramount Network app. Yeah, so I have just two dumb. apps, and then you have one, um, one show universe like um oh my god yellowstone and yellowstone has that show on one app but you can't catch the the rest that show is only on one app the spin-offs for that show are in a completely different app that is you can't watch all of it it's the same universe but you can't watch it all on one thing and they're all paramount so you want me to pay for two separate streaming services to watch this show and the spinoffs to this show? And like, that's, that's incredibly unreasonable. And because they can't survive Paramount Plus and Stars on their own, the merger has caused for them to cancel seven shows, right? So it's just a mass cancellations across the board right now. And... Is, is, is very unnerving. We also have a writer's strike that's looming in the fall. That's looming and and getting into I, and I mean even the big networks are the big ones are struggling like Disney. Disney mm-hmm. just canceled like two. They canceled Big Shots. They canceled what Mighty Ducks. They're canceling a lot of their more popular because those were shows that I, I don't I don't even I have the Disney app and I don't even watch it outside of major Marvel um movies or shows i don't even pay attention to that app well they didn't promote um mighty ducks they didn't promote the second season because i didn't even know and i'm a huge mighty ducks fan like huge i I knew about big shots i didn't even know the mighty ducks i remember seeing that they were making one i didn't even know it was out (laughs) i did not know it was out so that's another problem like none of them they're throwing all of their money into one thing while not doing the rest of it like you can't just leave it to your audience to promote your shows you actually need to promote your shows cut down on the amount of shows you're doing and put the difference in money into promoting them Mm -hmm. and even disney's feeling the crunch because they lost they didn't hit their metrics for this quarter either and then immediately i think i like dm'd you on twitter was like they're about to cancel some shows and i was right like a day later they started like canceling like four or five shows um to cut costs and I just I don't know 
I don't understand the business model because it's like like AMC is the perfect example of this where they just completely mismanaged money like across the board and had to mass cancel mm-hmm. a bunch of shows. It's girl, I, nobody and, well, okay. Let's let's talk about CW. We find out CW was the sh- the network for all of our teeny bobber shows for decades. <laughs> we find out that that network was never profitable. Profitable, never. Now here's the thing: they decided that for the demo, they're going to cancel all the scripted shows. Mm-hmm. Guess what? It doesn't matter that your demographic was people who are 50 and 60 and 70. Guess what? The reason um, the Vampire Diaries and Arrow and um, Smallville lasted eight years, 10 years, was because of those people that were 50 and 60. Was that they really were watching that though? show. I, think, I thought the demographic was like skewed younger, but I think they want to switch over to a, a older demographic. No, no, no. When I read the article, they said that that was where most of their viewership was actually coming from, even though really? these scripted shows were geared toward our age and 20-somethings and teens. The majority of their actual viewership were people of an older age range. And so my point is if those were the people that were actually watching, why would you then cancel all the shows that they were obviously holding their interest to replace them with non-scripted shows? They, uh, apparently they think geriatrics want to watch reality. I don't know, girl. Game shows? I mean, I'm a little disturbed. Whose line is it anyway? Roads are watching Vampire Diaries, but I don't know. I don't know why they would think that what worked is no longer working i just i don't i don't know but this is perfect another perfect example when i'm 50 i'm still gonna watch my vampire (laughs) shows that's my vibes like i'm gonna watch them when i'm 50 i watch them when i'm 30 when i'm 20 that's if that's your interest that's your interest why are you then taking away what people obviously enjoyed why would you think that that skewing because right now they think I think they have maybe five shows and they're saying that they need to decide because they're only keeping two. Mm-hmm. So Walker, Walker Independence, All American, all of these shows. You already know what's going to get cut. It's going to be the, 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 the shows with the people of color. It's going to be All American oh. Homecoming. And yeah. the, right now the ratings aren't particularly good for that show. Um, I... I don't want to see it go though. That's the thing. I think maybe it would do well on another platform, but to completely get rid of it kind of hurts. Yeah, yeah. And especially and and for like All American, I don't know. I think they have one more season left, or they may re- be renewed. But I'm like, when you lose one of your big, your big names, because they just killed off a big name character and a big name actor on that show. Like, we can it's say it. It's be been long. like a week. We can say it. It was Tay Diggs. Yeah, that's. It's gonna be long. It's not gonna be long for this world. <laughs> like, I know. I thought not. about that too. Yeah, it still hurts though. I don't know. It's so incredibly frustrating. And then, just trying to wrap my mind because I sent you that. I sent you an article about mm-hmm. um, the reason shows get canceled, and. 
so this article had seven reasons why shows are being canceled. Obviously, the first one, and uh, some of these are obvious. The show immediately flops, we know. The show's struggling in ratings. But I think one of the big things is that with how the market is right now, a lot of the big, like CBS, CBS right now with this pending writer strike, they renewed their shows early because what they're trying to do is they're doing a, what do they call it? A script to series model. So for the new shows, it's like make the pilot, write me three more scripts and we're just gonna put it to series. We're not testing it, we're not, we're just putting it to series because they're worried that when the writer strike hits, they'll have no content. Yeah. So they want to get things filmed, get a move on the on the seasons and be be prepared for when May hits. But then you have other shows where things that haven't been renewed yet that are open. And the decision-making really, obviously, as always, it boils down to money. So you have the shows where production, one company owns the show. Mm-hmm. The other company, pro- the licensing fees, who's producing it, what studio is filming it. That's what, it, like The Resident, that's another show that it's part Disney, it's part Fox, who has to pay the fees? Who's getting more money of the ad revenue? The older a show gets, the more you have to pay the cast. The production fee goes up. Is it worth it to maintain these shows that get older and older? Which makes me wonder how in the world Grey's Anatomy is on the uh, is still on air at twenty years. <laughs> That's insane. But you have all of these things that are playing major factors in why shows are being canceled but some of it really just boils down to are you promoting the shows and they're not they're no, just they're not. not they're all very very lazy i know that's kind of harsh but it's very true no oh, no it's true because they're not you have shows okay let's get into vampire academy we saw the rabid fandom yep. how active the act you know, the actors were active, the producers, the showrunners, everybody's on social media. They're talking about it when the shows are airing. And then what was the excuse for its cancellation? Oh, it wasn't meeting its numbers. Oh, you they were marketing on- it. The marketing execs were trying to, the numbers they were looking at was for teens. Yeah. Why but would the, you- What's hilarious is the first scene is a sex scene with a man's ass out. And it's like, like that's not for teens. The, the demographic of the, of the people who read the book, like me and you, are going to be like early 30s. You know what I mean? Because we read it when we were younger. And that's the thing. Your showrunner literally said this. She said this on a podcast from the very beginning that this show was written for the people who were now adults who read this as teens. So why is the network promoting it for teens? I I wouldn't have any 14-year-old cousin of mine watching this show. <laughs> like, I would never do that. Are you serious? Not when nudity was just like, boom, in your face, first episode. Why would you do that? That's not... I, well, they, they tried to blame it on the fact that they were new, right? And that kind of, like, irked me because I'm like, you can be new, but you should still have good marketing research. 
and they just completely missed it they they were saying how they want to get the parents before the teenagers now like with the show poker face which is doing really well and it's already renewed i was like oh wow peacock can renew shows didn't know that (laughs) based on you know their other shows but i mean with a show like one of us is lying they gave it what two seasons Mm -hmm. and that was another show i had never It was literally Sunday afternoon boredom that made me find that show. It was one of those, I was watching something else and it just popped up, you know, when you're scrolling through and it just, next thing pops up that's, oh, this is kind of like this, you might be interested. Mm -hmm. I hadn't seen any, any promotion for that show. And I didn't know, I think I found out season two was coming, like, right around the time Vampire Academy came out because there hadn't been any proof. I was like, oh, it's back? Oh, okay. I didn't even realize it was renewed. They don't promote them. And this is another, like, the decision-making. If the show hasn't aired in all the other countries, why is it being canceled? Should we not want to see... This is like what... um, What... British media, British television did with Sanditon. They canceled it and then it ended up doing great in another, in in the US, even though it didn't do great over there. And then they had to go back and get the cast back to bring it back and continue the show. Like, why would you not wait to find out how it's doing globally before you decide to cancel it? Yeah, it's like Manifest. Manifest apparently wasn't getting good numbers, which I mean, it wasn't it wasn't getting slobbered in the ratings, but I don't know, for some reason it didn't meet whatever number they wanted it to meet. Um, goes on Netflix and it just blows up to the point where mm-hmm. Netflix is like, Well, it's kind of profitable for us. We're gonna give them another season. So what did, so that I mean that makes me ask, what did NBC miss? So there's something mm-hmm. going on with the market research as far as demographics that all of the networks are missing. They don't have, I I feel like their model is still based on, like as much as they're saying, like it's not Nielsen ratings, we get that Nielsen ratings aren't capturing everything. Because I wonder in a situation like this, you have a show that airs on TV, next day it's on Hulu. That show Mm -hmm. is also airing on another app. How are you, are you properly getting all of these numbers? Because I don't feel like certain shows, they're capturing all of these numbers to really realize how popular some of these shows are. They're not. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way they're capturing all everything to show how popular. And that's why things get canceled. And then you're like, oh, you see this rabid outrage and all of these, um, these Twitter protest and people are like please renew this show when it didn't seem like they were watching before because they're not capturing just how many people like certain contents also they used to factor in social media like a perfect example scandal that was the number one show on twitter consistently (laughs) every thursday Uh, that used to be something that they paid attention to um can't say that's the same right now I don't I don't know that it is. I really don't. Because if it was, then I mean a show like Vampire Academy that was days later was still trending. Well then that shouldn't be a show that got canceled. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, 
hopefully this gets better. We'll see. We'll keep an eye out on it. But it's it's rough times right now in TV and in film. Um, actually, let's switch over to the Oscars. And this has been something you know has been pissing me off. Um, mm-hmm. The whole situation with Andrea Riseborough. Girl. So she finally who spoke she? out. Like, so, who, who are you, ma'am? Where did you <laughs> come me, from? Why are in. you here? Um, so Andrea Riseborough has uh, campaigned for an Oscar nomination. She's gotten it. But it's caused a lot of controversy. So I'm going to bring up two. Well, one thing. So the theme of this is transparency for me. Um, So studios back, you know, actors for campaigns. Um, It's just how it's been done. It's very transparent. They do a lot of marketing. Um, It put money into it. And it's very transparent. Um, What Andrea did was some backdoor dealing. I'm going to keep it real. She had her friends do this, like, on the low kind of campaign, calling people, um, talking about her performance. And, you know, what makes this unique is the fact that her movie grossed $27,000. Yes, that's it. (laughs) <laughs> there are people who out there whose movies made millions, billions even, and they're not nominated. Right. And I'm well, and they're talented actors. So why is I something mean, there, that there makes are low, there are other low budget movies that have been Oscar nominated? It's, I mean, I mean that is an extremely low gross though. But my thing yeah. is that she has not been circulating uh the award season at all. Like this is the first a lot of people have heard of her. Um it just this really wasn't a sleeper a hit. This My wasn't one that, of those. Yeah, it was a very underrated performance, as you could say. A sleeper hit. I wouldn't even say a hit, though. Um, keep it real. But my thing is that <sighs> transparency. So we, the way she went about it, just it, it felt very kind of icky. Um, and people were like well, how is this different from what, you know, what happens normally? It's transparency. You know exactly what's going on. Um, There are rules to this. She broke a couple rules, which is why they had to have a meeting to kind of review this situation because it was a bit unique. Um, Last time this something like this happened was with um, Harvey Weinstein in Shakespeare in Love, where, I mean, he had Miramax, but he himself was throwing money around and really trying to influence votes. So they had to go back to the drawing board with some of the rules and implemented new rules um, as far as campaigning um, for award season, especially with the Oscars. Um, Because he did win the Oscar for Shakespeare in Love when Paltrow won. Um, So, you know, so they had a meeting. They they came back and said she can keep her nomination, but they are going to be, you know, revising some rules. We don't know exactly what those revisions are, um, but they're definitely looking into that. And I think that's good. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not going to say whether or not she should keep her nomination. Um, but she did speak out recently and she was saying how upsetting it is, um, you know, the reaction to her nomination. And I was like, why is it upsetting? Like, I, I feel like you need to really live in the light on this one because you knew what you were doing. You knew that you're, you were campaigning by emailing voters directly, which is against the rules. Mm-hmm. I mean, she can play like she didn't know that, but had you had a studio who knew the rules backing you that wouldn't be the case right exactly <laughs> I'm just saying. And I mean you have somebody like Viola Davis for the woman king mm-hmm. and Daniel Weiler. yeah 
<coughs> if those people get nominated, they're like, okay. They aren't nominated because she did that backdoor dealings to get nominated. And she, so knew, she was well aware that they were in the running. It, that, that's the key. She mentioned that on, on social media, on Instagram, in a post, or one of her friends who were campaigning for her mentioned that in an Instagram post saying that they were in the running for it. Um, so they were well aware of that. Um, and then also, you know, she's finally spoken out and she's pretty much said she's upset about, you know, the reaction to it. And that, you know, she was like, oh, well, you know, Viola and Danielle had the studios behind them. Um, I didn't. I had to do everything on my own. And I'm like, well, man, yeah, I have things. more self-awareness here because even with them having studios behind them, they still didn't You're get still it. White. Because you were able to call your white Hollywood friends and have them push this through for you. Like the lack of awareness to me is just amazing. I'm amazed. Like, let's not pretend white privilege is not benefiting you on this one. Like, come on, right. lady. Take ownership. Studios are not, you're still a white woman. So that's all automatically going to put you at a different advantage the over a black woman, no matter privilege. what. Yeah, the whole thing reeks white privilege. The fact that she was able to just do this. And it's like, I would love for in the future for them to do this for a woman of color who really mm-hmm. deserves that nomination. But I know they won't. Absolutely not. I wish Oprah and, and Tyler could have done something like this, but I know that that'll never be the case because we still don't make up enough of a a majority with the, you know the governor's board and voters, right? But we know who does make up a majority still. Yep, it's very like just a little self awareness would be nice. Like boohoo, poor you, your your movie that made less money than most people make in a year but somehow (laughs) (laughs) like I'm sorry like but you're somehow worthy of this award nobody's seen it lady nobody has seen it why are you worthy of this over no but Kate Blanchett saw it no what big look her and her her and her five really popular powerful friends saw it and that makes it work like come on give me a break it's it's just very frustrating. Well, also, another like, way to look at this can... is that like she still ended up having a majority vote for her to get a nomination. So I'm like, did they even see Till? Did they even see the Women King? Um, and you know, Viola had a very good interview where she was saying, I think it was actually the Hollywood Roundtable for producers or directors, um, probably producers, where she was saying how she had to appeal to like white men's um empathy as far as why they should watch this movie even though this movie was not really made for that demographic it was for women women of color um but that's what gets movies made is appealing to white male empathies and she said this to jerry brockheimer in the hollywood roundtable and i was like oof, this is what i'm talking about conversations we need to have Mm mm-hmm Keep it very, very real because that's something that they need to hear. And they may not want to hear it, but it needs to be said. Yeah. Because not there's this revolves around white male feelings. There's this really bad, and it's something that, you know, we see just in characters that we love, especially women of color. There's just this really bad 
the way that they're handled, the way that they're written, that people who aren't, um, people who are white react to them. Like, I can't express how many times I've seen a white person say that they couldn't relate to this character as a human, just as a person, because it was a person of color. And I mean, we know how often it is that if we're watching a show or we're watching a ship or whatever, the issue is always of, there's always an issue with the woman of color in it because they can't self-insert. Mm-hmm. Because that's a person of color. And that's so frustrating. Like, why can't you empathize with a human being? And we do it all the time with white characters. That's, exactly. that's, what, that's what makes me laugh. Like, <laughs> and what? that's the thing that's so super duper frustrating. That's why they're always like, black people are different. Like, black people will hype up any any color, any race, any person without a care in the world. But people do not do the same thing for us. Of course. The racism jumps out. Yeah every single time like clockwork and it's so incredibly frustrating like you know what crossed my mind the other day I was just like huh I'm like I just it really occurred to me all at once how many black women and characters that we watch characters that we love are so typecast in a very specific way that they're introduced kind of cold remote they can't relate especially if they're smart then they can't connect to people they can't maintain relationships career driven but like to the point where they don't have like friends they don't have friends um they can't be warm to their friends they they can't have those connections like think about it um abby from sleepy hollow Mm-hmm. Olivia from Scandal, mm. um, Helen from New Amsterdam, Mina from The Residence. Yeah. Hell, Mina and Billy from The Resident. <laughs> like all these characters were introduced in the same type of mold. Mm-hmm. And then you have to watch them grow into whatever versions of themselves. But I'm like, why is that the go-to, especially when it's a white person writing those characters for the starting point for Black women? Why is that always the starting point? And this is why I am begging to have more Black women in the writer's room or just women of color in the writer's room writing. I don't care if you have to sign a woman of color writer to a, a woman of color care just something because we, the way we have to work so hard for them to see our um empathy and to see us fully realize it it's incredibly frustrating and it's just time after and time then at the end they can't get it right and at the end so often the characters end in this in a place maybe 5% away from where they started or exactly where they started. Because, I mean, you go through the whole scope of the story. Abby, what happens to her at the end? Olivia, what happens to her Actually, at the Actually, I end? don't know what happened to Abby because I stopped watching the show, girl. <laughs> she died. <laughs> they killed her off? They, oh, they literally killed her off. Wait, was it to sacrifice Ichabod? Because that sounds about right. She she sacrificed herself for like. But was it for everybody? Him? Did she sacrificed herself for him. I feel like that's probably how Not, it, went. it. It maybe to a degree, but it kind of came off as that she saw that it was just gonna go wrong for everybody, 
the the world in general and she didn't give him a choice like she he didn't even have a chance to really process what she was doing before she just went and sacrificed herself and he was just standing there like whoa what just happened don't even get me started on olivia pope and helen sharks like girl we, like, we can't go there today. Do, we can't go there today we don't have enough time to go no. there and, uh, about the fact that they just somehow ended up right back where they started after years of so-called other people moved forward had growth got somewhere but they somehow did not and it's just so and even me and on the resident you just why are you you have all this growth but somehow you can't find a way to fulfill it in a way that really feels like they got that happiness that they should have and that just takes away from the character and it takes away from how women especially women of color should be represented because i'm not the person that i was 10 years ago i'm not the person that i was five years ago no other woman of color that I know is the same person. So why is it that we're watching these stories and somehow they go back to where they start, but they never have that family or in that relationship fulfillment or find that career advancement or any of those things never fully happen. It's or just... they never know what they actually want. Oh my God. More specifically, Olivia Pope. But again, we ain't got time for that today. <laughs> they the the daddy drama oh my god how often is it the Girl, daddy drama how Sasha, oh god that's a today. whole nother podcast it's a whole nother podcast Ooh, buddy we, we might not need to do our top five countdown of you know yes, black female characters actually, in the yes, way that they were written. actually but yeah we we definitely that's definitely what we have in the works for you guys is um the series finales the worst series finales and what else well, that's next. And then eventually we're going to talk about The Last of Us um, when Tasha catches up. So no pressure. <laughs> I'll get there. You know how I feel about binging shows. I need like a good five episodes and then I'll just power through but all of them and be it's, ready. It's definitely like appointment TV though, and which I miss so much. I feel like HBO's the only one doing appointment TV right now consistently. That's true. That's true. Oh, and, and then we have... My 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 one um, happy place. They they are finally filming our Rick and Michonne show. Thank God. Yes, yes, that is in production. We're not going to get it for like a year though, which makes me sad. Maybe the end of this year if we're extremely lucky. if we're extremely lucky, they'll they'll pull it up a little bit. But it feels like a next year thing. You know what least... I'm worried about? Wheel of Time because they the, the second season's filmed. Are they filming? I, I think I did read maybe they were filming a third season. I, I feel like I saw that they were filming stuff like entirely, like just powering through, which I would prefer. I like when shows do that because cast is aging. Cast wants to be able to go work on other stuff. It's not a 22 episode season. Why can't you just film it all at once? Then they, they can go off. They hopes up for a second season early. <laughs> they were done but, like this time last year. <laughs> on season two but I didn't I, I think it came out later last year that they were working possibly on a season three as well so I will forgive them but yeah I need, like, I need just, season two yeah like just just do both get it out the way and the same thing our other um Lord of the Rings spinoff like we're we're waiting until pff, 
maybe the end of next year to get that. They said it's going to take them yeah. like two years. It's going to be so worth it, but I need something. I need some kind of fantasy show. To we have of- nothing. I there know, is really nothing. Bad. It's torture. I'm like, I don't have any vampire content. I, they haven't even started casting for the um, Black Dagger Brotherhood series. So Lord knows that's going to take forever. I'm worried about we, pilot season. I haven't seen anything. Like. Let's. T- I haven't seen anything that I like. The only thing that I'm like, there's only two shows that I'm even remotely like, huh, okay. I will most likely, I need a medical show. I can't function without oh, oh, one. Oh, yeah, we're excited I for that have one. To... We're excited for that one. That's yeah, the show, Hurt right? Unit. Yeah, the Hurt Unit. I'm going to watch that one. ABC. Who's the producer? Is Amy. I can't remember her last name. Holder? Oh, no, that's a different one. Oh. Amy's, Wait. Amy, Amy's doing a crime drama, which oh, okay. I, I'm, I'm in for Amy's crime drama because if she, she did a great job with the residents. So, hey, I'm here. I'm sat for it. But somebody else is doing the Hurt Unit for ABC. But, you know, as they're we, we really slowly put it rolling out, out the cast. We really put it out there that we needed a Black female in that show. And somehow they hurt us without us yes, actually put it out. adding them. We manifested. <laughs> we manifested. So, yeah. We're, now I'm totally in. I will be watching that one. But they, other than that, and they, CBS, they already started. Fox has maybe, they haven't really ordered anything. They're looking to move forward with Amy's show. They haven't, there's maybe like, they're looking to move forward with another medical drama. There's not mm-hmm. really anything else. The there's other stuff that, that they're talking said, about. It's only 13 shows being picked up across what, three networks? Uh-huh. Which is, and most of them wow. are from CBS. Yeah. And a lot of things are, they're being canceled. They're not sure if they're going to continue them. Things like, what is it? Um, the comedies, like yeah. Calm Cat and stuff like that. They're not sure if they're going to continue them. Other shows, they're just gonna they're weighing it basically and just going script to script to series and hoping for the best. But then you have things like Monarch, which fell apart two episodes in. So it's gonna be pilot season is not great. <laughs> it's just not very good for us. So I don't know. We're we're really gonna be sitting here just waiting until fall before we get even anything remotely good as far as content mm-hmm. yeah and whatever good news is that the cleaning lady is getting a season three which is amazing because that was a mid-season pickup and those are always very iffy um yes i'm trying to think of the last but that one is like a full fox yes good on fox the other shows that's a full fox um i was a little nervous produce studio everything is from them so that's I, was, I, was I actually wasn't because it's such a short, it's a short order show. It doesn't mm-hmm. have a very large cast. So even though, you know, they aren't time to renew, it isn't time for them to worry about contract negotiations. It's a small, co- it's a small cast. They have what, four adult major leads on that show? And they just killed one off. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're down one. More money and in I the would pot. think that that's a, yeah more money in the pot for the, for that. So that was like the one show that I'm just like yeah that kind of makes sense. But the, the other were stuff pretty steady, but they did amazing um, in the live plus seven like really yes 
of seven, especially on Hulu. Um, so, because I was worried, I'm like, if they're going based off of just like, you know, live, you know, mm. live, yeah, then uh, I don't know. But yeah, that live plus seven really saved it. And then, you know, my other question really, as far as, you know, viewership ratings, how they're counted, why is the demo more important than the actual numbers? Just like what we were talking about before, because you have your demographic and who you're looking for to watch it. But why is that more important than the actual number by millions of who's watching it? Because I would think that that's what you'd want. That would be your focus. Because there yeah. are shows right now where you look at the number and you're like, okay, this demo and these by millions is on par with that. But this show, for some reason, like the accused, are most likely to be renewed. And I'm like, well, why is this show more likely to be re- renewed than that one? It just doesn't really make sense to me. They just need to get it together as far as market research and really looking at who's watching their shows. Like they've gotten really lazy. I don't know if it was a symptom of the pandemic or I just, I don't know, or maybe just the changing landscape of streaming, but marketing and marketing research is lackluster. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's really costing. making audiences distrustful. And that's just not ever a good thing. Um, Cause we're just going to tune out. Right. Like I've been mm-hmm. contemplating cutting my Netflix more than ever lately um, just because of how they go about shows. Honestly, I think Bridgerton and Stranger Things are like the only reason I still have and Shadow and Bone. Those are the three reasons that I still have Netflix or else I would cancel it. It would have been canceled already. And, and also like, convenient. It is really convenient as well. But once it's not no longer convenient. So Yeah, once they once I start to have to log in every month <laughs> and I can't watch stuff when I when I want to be on break at work or whatever. And I can't log into my account because I'm not on my home Wi-Fi. Like at that also, point, they, something we we didn't bring up earlier is they would have had to have like logged or stored VPNs or not VPNs but IP addresses, um, which is, is terrifying, right? Yeah. Like because if that information leaks, that's putting a lot of people's information at risk. It's an. It just feels very invasive. Like. Where's my privacy? Where is my... It just feels... I don't like it. Yeah. I really just don't like it. It doesn't feel great. It, I You don't get to... I'm paying you for a service, and that service should be convenient to me. You don't get to control how I, how I then consume the product that I'm paying for. Well, it just... That backlash, they felt it. But, you know, they still have this implemented in, like, Peru and Costa Rica. So I'm, they're I'm just not... waiting for the 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 rage to die down. So right. They and then they're going to reintroduce forward. it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't trust them at all. No. Well, guys, that brings us to the end. Um, actually, this is the first for the podcast, but it's actually kind of sad news. Right before our, we started the podcast, like 10 minutes before news broke that um, actor Richard Belser passed away. Um, he was Detective Munch on Law & Order SVU, so really sad news. He will definitely be missed. He was also from Baltimore, Maryland, where I am from as well. So he's a great actor. Awesome yes, yes, one of the best cops, you know, in TV for sure. 
All right, guys. Well, we'll be back. We have some things planned. Um, thank you guys for joining us on a fresh breath of TV. Uh, Tasha, did you have anything else for us? Nope. That's it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. All right, guys. Bye.